culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I am the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh your way through the chaos in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories and really cute selfies. I know it may be February, and you may have already kicked your New Year's resolutions to the curb like that guy you met on New Year's Eve, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't let the whole year go to waste. So here to help me today, you may remember her from the Love Beauty Wellness Festival. She is a life coach. She is Miss Laurie Gerber. How are you? Hello. Hello, hello. Very well, thank you. How How is New York weather? How's that treating you on the it's, East Coast? It's gross, but we we have learned to overcome weather over here at Handball Group. So, so it doesn't get us too far down. I love it. Okay, Lori, before we dive deep into it, you have to answer my icebreaker questions, okay? Okay. First question is, where did you grow up and what part of the world are you currently living in right now? New York, New York. New York, New York. Really? You grew up out bred, there? When, yep. When you're born and bred here, it's very hard to leave, I must say. Do I love, though, visiting L.A., I must say. It's my favorite place to visit. Yeah, I was born and raised in L.A., and I just, I haven't left. I've thought about moving to New York or moving to Chicago because I love the city, but I think I'm just, I'm too much of an L.A. guy. They're quite different. They're, <laughs> they, they're, they are very I, different. I met a, a waiter in L.A. who said, you know how I always know when people are from New York? And I said, no, how? And he said, because it's always the first thing they tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a proud New Yorker. What's one word your mom would use to describe you, Lori Gerber? Relentless. Relentless. That's a good quality. I think so. I thought I thought you might appreciate it. I thought <laughs> we might be from the same sort of tribe, from oh, what I can tell. Absolutely. Um, fun fact, what's one thing about you people would not expect? Huh. I tell about myself so often, it is hard for me to imagine what people wouldn't expect. Currently, I go to bed about 9.30. That's early. I don't know people would expect that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like you know, it. I Lately, yeah. I've been I, going to bed a lot earlier, too, like around 9.30, like before 10 o'clock, ooh. which is so interesting. And I don't, I don't know why, yeah. but I'm like embracing it. I think we're kind of aligned. I think we might be having a little 
synergy happening. Oh, totally. Well, it's also really bad because I'm like one of those people that likes to snack at night, that likes to just like munch on something. So when I'm in bed before 930, then like I know I'm I'm not going to be snacking all night long. It's an excellent way to do that. It's, I'm a it's really one of the smart. That's what they tell the food addicts: just go to sleep, mm-hmm. go to sleep, go to Don't sleep. Go to the refrigerator, just go to bed. Safer. <laughs> what is your drink of choice? Water. I'm obsessed with water. Really? Do you have a favorite? I'm obsessed. I drink so much water every day, all day, and I love how it tastes. And New York water is the best. And I have a filter in my house, so I filtered water comes out of every faucet, and I love it. <laughs> if I'm feeling crazy, I put some apple cider vinegar in it. Oh, okay. That's getting wild. I mean, I don't want to sound boring. <laughs> Go to bed at nine and put apple cider <laughs> vinegar in your water. Nine thirty. <laughs> nine thirty and cider vinegar. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Are you a life coach? Do you teach people how to get their shit together? I walk my talk. I've got my shit together mostly. I like to have some of my shit not together so I can keep it real. And, you know, very, very in the moment. <laughs> what but does yeah, that even mean for you? Like to not have have it together. What like it means you get you get wild and like don't drink water? You drink like sparkling yeah, water. Exactly, I go crazy. Now my misbehavior is usually the type that offends human beings. Mm. It's not. I take decent care of myself. I can keep myself up thinking too much. That is dangerous and unhealthy, and mm. that's why I go to bed so early. Um, and also, my pitfalls are really in the area of being selfish or being rude or being obnoxious. And, and I mean, I don't mean to make light of it. It's, it's that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm so interested in teaching the art of being honest, because if I don't drill it for myself over and over again, I don't remember it either. Cause my natural mode is New York Jewish loudmouth. I love that. I should say whatever I want at any time. Yeah. So I would say that's, that's me misbehaving usually. Well, and that's what makes you a natural fit on hashtag no filter. <laughs> <laughs> and the last icebreaker question before we dive deep into the combo is if you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Uh, OMG. That assumes a lot of celebrity knowledge. You're on no um, filter. You got to give oh me a Kardashian. God. I really don't know. Okay, I'm going to go with Kim. Yeah, that's the safe one. I can't give you a really good reason why. Because <laughs> she's the one you know. She's the one I know, and I know she's really made quite a light for herself. She really she's has. been what I would consider to be an author of her life. She, yeah, she so. really has. And I feel like that's kind yeah. of what you do, right? You kind of help people um, curate their life or write their, rewrite their own story. I would say that is a fair that is a fair summary of some of what we do. Yes, help people author what they actually want versus uh, an old retelling of some old narrative or lineage based narrative or you know sob story. So yeah. what what would you like? How would you define a life coach? Like what is exactly your role? Like what do people come to you and what do you help them do? Do you give them some crystals? Do you tell them to go light some Jesus <laughs> candles? Like what is it? Cause it sounds very woo woo, but I feel like it's a lot more right. practical than you, than people yeah. give you credit for. Yeah. You may be um, surprised to you know that we literally teach our coaching method at MIT and Stanford mm. and Columbia and NYU and in, New York City public schools and in big companies and small companies and because and we really have tried to be nerdy about it. But I remember when I came to Handel Group about 15 years ago, I did think it sounded like quackery and I didn't want to admit that I was a life coach because I thought it sounded really kind of 
like BS, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I learned the method, I was so impressed by it and its comprehensive nature. And it's actually very academically grounded that I fell in love with it. And I realized, well, if nothing in in all my years of personal growth, nothing has made the difference that this is making. I'm, I'm willing to take the name life coach in order to teach this method. And essentially the method teaches you how to articulate what you want Mm -hmm. in a way that I've never seen uh, anywhere else. It argues with your mind. So our life coaching, the method, the tools, the principles, the exercises, as well as obviously the coaches are trained to argue with your assumptions, your theories, your excuses, your fears, so that you can align your head with your heart. In other words, align your thinking and planning with your highest ideals. And then we hold you to account to take action. So that's, that's the real special sauce is we actually set you up with what's called promises and consequences that, you know, that you design or we design together that take you closer to your goal, but also teach you how much power you have to overcome your mind. I like that. You know what I did? I took your current reality quiz. Nice. How'd you do? What'd you get? I got, hold on, I have it right here. I got um, a 7.45. Nice. Which is good, right? Pretty good. And so, yeah. what is, so what is this test kind of built for and how do you guys like use this to, to help people f- check them back into reality? Yeah. Well, I'm curious, what did you get your highest score in and what did you get your lowest score in? Can you, will you tell people? Yeah. You have no filter. Yeah. Um, my lowest score, <laughs> I think <laughs> my lowest scores were in terms of relationships and love life. Um, and then my highest scores look like they, I mean, I got a lot of high scores. I gave a lot of tens and a lot of sevens. Yeah. I think the lowest ones just came in like questions three or four, which were um, about your love life and about your relationship status. Excellent. Okay. That makes a lot of sense how you evened out to like a high seven. And I got it. And I I ranked a six on, are you loud in bed? (laughs) That is interesting. You have a filter in bed, but everywhere else, no filter? <laughs> I mean, right? I'd, you wouldn't think that's so, especially because I like bear all my sex life on this show. I That's really interesting. I'm actually doing a webinar tonight for JD. Mm. The entire topic is sex. <laughs> We're just going to talk about sex, like straight up talk about sex the whole hour and a half. Um, it is still quite an awkward and taboo subject for people, especially in, you know, in relationship, which is fascinating to me that we are we've been around as a humanity for so long and we still are like 11 years old when it comes to sex but anyway um that crq the current reality quiz which i recommend that everybody take it's totally free and fun to do on our website is a way to assess your current life so what we try to do with every client is we ask you what's a 10 on a scale of one to 10 for you in every area there's every area of life there's no avoiding that you have a home you have a body you have a sex life you have a love life you have career, you have money, you have time, you have your relationship to yourself, you have your family, and you can't get out of it. It's all impacting everything. Each area is impacting every other area. And much as we wish we could ignore some of those areas, they cannot be ignored. So what we do is in this fun little quiz, we just give you some questions to to ask yourself so that you can give a current rating. If 10 is your ideal, where are you now? And then people get a fun composite score. And based on your, it's just like Cosmo quiz, yeah. you know, based on your composite score, we have certain advice for where to start in your evolution and in your, you know, uh, seeking help for whatever you're struggling with. I love Cosmo quizzes. <laughs> it was They're fun, so right? fun. They teach you how to do all sorts of, of nutty things. Um, that you then can't talk about. With right. 
So, Lori, what do you think is, like, actually keeping us from from achieving the goals that we have? Like, we, you know, we have these big dreams, and we have this vision, and we have the vision board on the wall. But, like, what is actually keeping us from achieving that big house and that that big car, that Lamborghini oh. on, on the manifestation board? Where do I start? I have four answers to that question. And it's really, it's funny because... I was exposed to all kinds of interesting new age stuff before I came to hand out group yoga and chanting and Tai Chi and the law of attraction and manifesting and all that great stuff. And it's all awesome. But if you cannot manage your mind when you're off the yoga mat or not doing your manifesting practices or not, you know, hanging out with your crystals, unfortunately the mind will negate all of the good, you know, all the good collaging that you've done. <laughs> so, um, so the four the four big impediments, I would say, are, number one, we call it the weather reporter, which is that voice in your head that just says, well, this is how it is, right? It, it literally goes, oh, it's, it's snowing in February. How gross. Oh, you know how my mother is. You know how my body is. You know how awkward sex is. You know how, you know, it sort of thinks it knows. Mm-hmm. That's a voice that can be very troubling. The second voice is the voice of the brat, the B-R-A-T brat, which is that inner voice that says, Ugh, do I have to? I don't want to. That's annoying. Mm. And, you know, we may think we're mature and we don't think like that, like in that childlike way, but we really do. And that, you know, so you can get excited about the Lamborghini on the on the board. But if it means we have to show up to work early every day and prove to our boss that we deserve the promotion, we might not, um, you know, we might not actually make it to that manifestation. Similarly, number three, the chicken, the voice in your head that is afraid. And that voice will also stop you, right? If you're dreaming of an awesome sex life or an awesome love life, but you're too afraid to say, hey, I don't like it like that, or that's too hard, or that's too soft, then you're not going to actually achieve that. And then lastly, a little thing we like to call epigenetics, which is something that you can study up on and the MIT kids like because it's scientific, which is the fact that we are, of course, we've inherited. We have not just learned from our parents, but we have inherited uh, actual emotional habits and tendencies that don't serve us in our highest ideals and for our dreams. And so if we're not aware of that and we're not consciously shifting that, unfortunately we seem to end up doing a little better than our parents often, but not necessarily radically shifting from their mistakes or shortcomings. So I think in order for people to actually be willing to move past each of these belief systems or, you know, patterns that they get stuck in, they have to first recognize it. How do we figure out, like, how do we know which of those voices is, is kind of clouding our judgment? That is a great question. Uh, I, and I'm not sure. Especially like when it comes to I, epigenetics, because I think a lot of people like yeah. you have to have a real emotional intelligence to realize what patterns your parents subconsciously are, you know, embedded right. in your brain. Exactly. This is what I love and and why I stuck with the hands-on method for so many years is because we do writing exercises. We literally work, you know, again, this is also why they like it at the colleges because we have you do writing exercises that reveal what's going on in your subconscious. And then we have you actually, and this is something I find therapists rarely do. We have you go do research in your family, like actually talk to the human beings that you came from what? or that raised talk you. To them? I know it's crazy. Speaking of no filter and difficult <laughs> conversations. I know we, this is, it really is amazing to me that, 
um, so few people, often people come to us either with therapists or having been through therapy and they get really stuck because they understand a lot about their history. They understand a lot about what, you know, some misconceptions they have, but they can't shake them. And then when we actually teach them how to go back and have conversations with those very people that they learned the stuff from, or they came up with those bad theories based on an interaction with, oh my gosh, everything changes. What the amount that clears up in people's patterns and in their hauntings and in their hurts and their scars, it's amazing. Why are we so afraid to have those difficult conversations just in general? I feel like, you know, we don't want to go there and tell mom that, like, maybe she kind of fucked us up a little bit. And, you know, maybe dad cheating on her, you know, when we were 13, you know, maybe that didn't set us a solid. Yeah, hypothetically. Um, maybe that didn't set a, a healthy ba- boundary when it comes to relationships for us in our current lives. Like, how do we approach these conversations when we are afraid? And, you know, it's easier to kind of just stay, stay stuck in that comfort zone of like, well, if we sweep it under, under the rug and we don't address address it, then we don't have to face it. Right. And that's where the weather report comes in so handy because we go, oh, well, everyone's <laughs> like this. You know, no one's that happy in sex. You know, no one's that, you know, no one's really in love anymore. You know, so yeah. it, it, we become quite complacent with these slight improvements in our parents. Um, but why do we not have the conversations? Very simply, we like control. Mm. We like to manipulate the situation so that we get the outcome we want, which is often safety, security, status quo, avoiding discomfort. And we're afraid. We're just afraid of being out. Human beings are afraid of emotion. Really, we're afraid to feel anything. We're afraid to feel sadness. We're afraid to feel someone else's sadness. We're you know, afraid to feel regret. Um, but if you think about it, you know, on people's deathbeds, they often wish to account for their lives. You know, they wish for that feeling of relief of saying, well, this is, you know, this is what worked and didn't work. And that's why you have those last rites and you have ritual around dying often, at least when it's done right, is that human beings actually do want to deal with things. We're just too afraid and there's no training and nobody's practicing it or teaching it. Well, we are teaching it. We are literally teaching a method for difficult conversations and for resolving things from the past. Um, Again, not everything is easy at all, you know, where there's major abuse, that is not something you would just run in and do. We do a lot of preparation with people, but there is a way to do it. There is a way to start um, resolving and healing those things that is uh, remarkable. And I would say has indelible impact. Mm -hmm. And how, and then what are those steps? What are the steps? Let me tell you. Okay. (laughs) Well, the the first thing is to for sure prepare. And the most important preparation is to come to the place where you are doing it for a good reason. So most people never even get to that, right? Most people live in a space of either the conversations they're avoiding, they either live in a space of self-blame or other blame, right? They're either blaming themselves. They don't want to face what they did wrong. They don't want to admit what they did wrong, or they don't want to tell someone else they did something wrong and fear that maybe that person will not accept it, right? Mm -hmm. Or, Or not take it. So, so the, the intention for healing or the intention for connection or the intention for an honest relationship or the intention for more closeness or even at work, the intention for a better working relationship, the intention to, to fulfill the mission at work. Even that is uh, obscured because we're so busy protecting, you know, having feelings essentially. Um, So the first step is really to write up and work through whatever is in the way of wanting to connect with this human being 
telling this human being your truth and wanting to know their truth. So the purpose has to be something good. That's a, and then that's something that is very, it's very helpful to talk to another person about that because left to your own devices, you could, you could think you have a good intention, but your real intention is just to stick it to the person or blame the person. Yeah. And this is why so many people have done that, right? They go, well, I went to my ex and I told him everything he did wrong. It didn't go well. Or, you know, I went to my mother and she denied everything. And that's because you were going as a, you know, in a blame mode or in a, in a punishment mode. And And, and that is not conducive. And sometimes I feel like people aren't necessarily ready to to hear that feedback about themselves when you do enter enter into those types of conversations. So like, what if, you know, what if there is a situation where like, we're like, okay, I want to be honest. I need to be heard in this moment. I need to go to this person and let them know that what they did to me was really fucked up. And like, how do we then, and if they, if they're not going to be receptive to that, or if they don't hear it and they, you know, maybe feel blamed and maybe that's not your intention. How do you, then move forward with that relationship then well you may not but and you need to be okay with that that's not always that's not always like you know it's not always possible there are there are people on the planet who really don't care about another person's experience it's it's called narcissism right Mm. there is a there's a clinical kind of if you think about life if you think about love as a verb being caring about another person's experience as much as you care about your own. And you think about good relationships being a, a, a back and forth, a pretty even back and forth of, I care about your experience. You care about my experience. I care about your experience. Um, then you can imagine, of course, there are people who care too much about mm-hmm. the other person's experience. That's codependence, right? You're always trying, you know, you're enabling someone else. You're always trying to be good. You're being fake, you know, all the way to, I don't care at all about another person's experience where you're a bulldozer or you're a narcissist and mm-hmm. you really use people. And what we're going for, obviously, as humans is we want to be in between. We want, we want to attract the kind of relationships and maintain the kind of relationships where there's an equal exchange or overall an equal exchange. Right. We call it grace, grace and wisdom, right? Wisdom is telling your truth. Grace is making it possible for the other person to hear your truth. So, in relationships where there's a deep imbalance, you wouldn't start with, here's everything you did wrong. You'd start with, let's just hang out a little more. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. So there's certain relationships where you have to absolutely establish more connection and comfort and ease before you would ever bring in a difficult conversation. But, but I'm thinking also of just your friendships, your dates, the people you're dating newly, the people you've been dating for a while, spouses siblings where there's just, you know, a couple things you never dealt with. Yeah. But mostly the relationship's good and you really you just know it could be so much better and more intimate if you just talked about those two things that yeah. hurt your feelings or rubbed you or you didn't understand even. You know, maybe you just didn't even know what it meant. Like why did they disappear last March? Yeah. You and know, I... or what did they mean by three abortions? Or <laughs> you know, it's it's a good question. Yeah. And I think, you know, we we're afraid. And that's, that's really what it comes down to is we're blocked by fear and people don't want to lean into fear. And I feel like for myself over the past year and a half, there was a book that I read that just talks about kind of leaning into fear. And Mm. since I started to continue channeling that and realizing that fear is like, it's temporary, it's like a cloud. And yes, it's going to be cloudy for a minute. Once you're going through it, you're not going to see the end, but eventually the cloud passes or you move through it. And it's only, it's only temporary. And when we lean into conversations that are difficult, that's when we find the catharsis or that's when we find the the resolution that we're hoping for or that's going to just help us move on and kind of get that closure or achieve the the goal that we want 
Exactly. And that's, that's the other thing is that sometimes it doesn't go how you think it's going to go, but you still feel so much better. Mm-hmm. You still feel like such a grown up that you like, did I it. I told that bitch and, off. And, <laughs> right. And if, and if you use the combination of grace and wisdom, there's no way there's going to be a bad outcome. Even Absolutely. if the other person doesn't cooperate, you're going to feel proud that you cared about their experience and you told the truth about your experience. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a day, a week, a month, a year later, and then someone comes back to you and says, thank you for that. So yeah. again, it, it very rarely goes badly if you follow our, our guidelines. I like that. So I, I feel like, you know, 2019 is, is, is just getting heated. We're barely into February, but I feel like at this point, most people have already kind of, you know, dissed their New Year's resolutions. But I want people to realize that, like, it doesn't have to be January 1st to make a decision to change your life or to better your experience in life. So what advice do you have to maybe somebody that... um you know, is now in February and they've already bailed on their gym membership because I went to the gym the other day at 6.30 in the morning and it was empty and I was like, what happened to everybody? Oh, no. So February what do you... Happens. I know. So what... So in that February kind of slump where people are like, oh, well, I already failed. I'm not going to, you know, continue to go towards that right. goal. How do you help them get back on track? Awesome. I'm going to teach you promises and consequences, but you have to promise you'll come back to difficult conversations for a minute because I yes. want to... Yes, I want absolutely. to give a few more tips of people who want to actually try it. Okay. So a promise is different than a resolution. I recommend a very simple, very small stretch, but doable promise. Like I will go to the gym twice a week for 30 minutes, right? Something you can do, something you're not going to have a million excuses for. Then the magic, magic, magic trick is to come up with an annoying, immediate, artificial consequence if you don't follow through and someone who will hold you to account. Obviously, as coaches, Mm. that's what we do. We hold people to account, but you can get a buddy. You don't need a coach in order to do that. Uh, But you do need somebody who will go, did you do it or didn't you? And then hold you to your consequence. Dumb consequences like a two-minute cold shower or losing your coffee the next day, or losing your wine the next day, Eh. or losing your Instagram, God forbid, the next day. Oh, my gosh. Right? So instead of thinking of all those things as entitlements, you recast them as privileges that you must earn by doing the thing you wish you would do. Now, do not make a promise about something you don't wish you would do. This is not about morality. This is not about being a good person or being good enough. It is simply about disciplining yourself to do your highest ideal accountability so if you want yeah accountability and you would not believe i mean you could see it with children right set the table set the table set the table set the table or you lose your phone suddenly they can set the table right the, the power of an immediate annoying consequence is remarkable but you have to be playful it's not a punishment it has to be fun it has to be easily implementable and it has to be something you are willing to do to incentivize yourself to figure out how to keep a promise. And then you become bionically and brilliantly capable of doing things that before you had a million excuses to avoid. <laughs> ah, I love that. I'm going to practice that. I'm actually going to practice that with a try. difficult conversation that I have yeah. been avoiding for a couple months now that I think it needs to happen. Exactly. So first of all, you have to write it out. You have to make sure your intention is good. Mm-hmm. And then you can simply, if you simply tell yourself, I will you know, wear the same shirt until I have it, or I will wear the same shirt until I schedule it, or I will, you know, be off of Instagram until I schedule it, or no wine, or whatever your thing is, suddenly you'll, you will, suddenly you'll find their number. (laughs) Suddenly (laughs) it'll be so easy to find that person. Okay. So important tips. This is so important. And people skip this very important step. Ask permission to have the conversation. That might be the most important aspect of grace 
for a difficult conversation and people truly forget they ambush, they go, Hey, I'm I need to talk to you about this. Let's go. And they don't say, Hey, are you willing? Do I have your permission? Is now a good time? I'd really like to talk to you about that thing you said to me a week ago about my birthday. That's it, right? Just permission. And then the person can go, oh, no, I'm really busy right now. Can we talk later? Or, Mm -hmm. yes, please, I'd love to hear. That is your red carpet. That is really necessary in order to have the conversation go well. And it's it's care, right? And then tell them your intention. I only want to talk to you about this because I want to be honest. I want us to be connected. I want us to be the kind of friends that tell each other things, right? Right. And you're not in trouble. Nothing's wrong. Don't worry. Okay. Then you go, listen, I'm sorry I didn't tell you this sooner. I'm the chicken. But when you said you couldn't come to my birthday party, I got really sad. And I really wanted you to come. And I didn't know why, you know, you said no to my birthday party, right? Something that simple. It could be that people break up over, right? Mm -hmm. And then... You say, what do you think about that? Or what's your perspective? Or what do you remember about that situation? And then you button your lip and you take notes on whatever Mm, they say. That's hard. Take notes. Do it over the phone or you could do it in person, obviously. And everybody goes, oh, can I bring my notes? Can I take notes in front of them? And I say, yes. Show a person how much you care about their experience by listening to them and actually writing down what they say. And if they say you're being a weirdo, go, I'm sorry. I'm like really practicing how to be honest. It's not that easy. Yeah. But I really want to, I want to resolve this. I want to resolve it once and for all. So you write it down, you go, I, and you check for understanding, you know, wait. So what you're saying is you didn't want to come to my party because you're not comfortable with my friends and you're also busy that night. And also you didn't have a good time last year. Is that right? And then they go, yeah, or no, that's not right. misheard me or whatever it is and they might change what they have to say they might add to it they might cry who knows because nobody's listening to anybody so it's a very special thing to do everyone wants to feel heard but nobody wants to actually listen it's true it's true so so usually after that moment of two people being heard there is some natural grounds on which to negotiate future solutions like you know how about every year we'll just go out for my birthday you know, you'll get to know my friends over time or, you know, whatever. You come up with some natural solution that takes care of both people's needs and experiences. That's an example of one that would go easily and well. Obviously, there are nitty grittier ones for another another podcast. But yes, um, absolutely. And I where did, can I people, people to well, if people do have other difficult conversations or situations that they need Lori Gerber's help with at the Handel Group, where can they go, Lori? They should go, well, first of all, they should use their discount code, which Ooh. they have for our digital version of Handout Group Coaching. It's no filter 100. And that is our entire method on an Ooh. online coaching course. It's called Inner You, as in inner university, inner you. And our tagline is human better, learn to human better. <laughs> and the inner you is actually currently in an early bird pricing right now because it's dropping on March 19th. So between now and March 19th, everybody gets a hundred bucks off of inner you. So that's a nice deal. That's 550 bucks for 12 audio coaching sessions, 14 homework assignments, and our promise tracker. I like it. Digital, digital keeper of promises. I like and then deals. obviously if you do the early bird, you get all kinds of other stuff, coaching guides, videos, a live call with Lauren who invented the, the, um, the method so it's a, it's a very cool timing right now in this next month to check out our digital program. But we also give free consultations, like voice-to-voice, 
30-minute free consultations, voice-to-voice, if you want to know about all of our coaching um, offerings. And we will provide a link for you to be able to click on to do that. Or you can just go to handdoggroup.com. Sweet. I mean, any online resource that can help me human better or can help me just get my shit together. I love it. Thank you so much, Lori Gerber of the Handout Group. Everybody go check them out. You're not going to want to miss out on the discount. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Thank you again, Lori, for calling in and chatting with me and helping my listeners really feel like they're going to make 2019 their bitch. Guys, Valentine's Day is coming up. It's this week, and you're not going to want to miss it. So you're going to want to go and grab yourself a bottle of Dry Farm Wines. It's my favorite hangover-free wine. It's so yummy, and it's going to be my accountability prize when I actually lean into all of these things, all these difficult conversations that I don't want to have, or getting back to the gym, which is not always my favorite thing, getting up at 6 a.m. and going. Um, but if I want to have wine, if I want to have dry farm wines on Friday night, I'm going to I'm gonna hold myself accountable to two 30-minute sessions this week because that's what Lori Gerber told me to do. Guys, again, go check out Lori, the handout group. Check out their, their online uh, guides and tests and quizzes. They have so many great resources on the handout group, so go and check them out. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. Follow me at Just Plain Zach to keep up with my my amazingness. I've been posting some really funny memes lately that you guys are liking, so go to Just Plain Zach and don't miss those. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because I love them. Okay, bye. Bye.